Um, hi, everyone. Um, so welcome to our second uh, Black Economist Network, TBEN, the Black Economist Network, TBEN um, podcast recording. Um, so before I start to talk about what the podcast will be, I uh, just want to introduce a little bit um, about us. So we are a UK based organization which seeks to connect, support and inspire Black economists whilst challenging the lack of diversity in the field. Um, and today I'm joined by um, Katia and Emanuela and myself, Veronica, and we are going to discuss um, or have a bit of a chit chat on sort of issues around Women's Day and Women's Month and how what is it like being a Black economist, a woman Black economist, um, and sort of just different things that we've been wanting to discuss for a while. Um, so just bring up to the floor um, is Emmanuel and Katia. Um, so the first uh, thing we wanted sort of to bring up before we discuss is um, basically congratulate our team for uh, putting together a great event, which was on the 25th of March on Women's Day. And they had a panel of great speakers, including Dr. Rhonda, Dr. Vera and others. Um, and they brought up a really uh, couple of good, amazing issues um, regarding being a black economist, particularly being a woman. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to sort of get the other girls view on how they thought the event went and sort of what things they thought really stuck with them regarding to um, black economist issues. Um, Manuela and Katia. Yeah, I thought the event was really insightful. It was really great to have a lot of um, a combination of um, black and female economists. Sometimes you get only black, sometimes you get only female, but having the combination was really good. And yeah, I think a lot of interesting points were raised and it was like a breadth of um, experiences. So there was like, students and then there was um, people who are much more experienced. And I thought that was a good mix. And yeah, I, th I thought a lot, of, a lot of issues were so topical and so important to me as well as a female black economist and someone who's quite early on in her career and specifically the lack of diversity in gender and in a race that is in a um, economist profession. Um, but yeah, that was that was really uh, that was really interesting. I don't know what what do you think about Emmanuel? Yeah, I really enjoyed the event. It was like you said, Katia. It was such a nice to see. It's so nice to see these black women just thriving in their careers, whether it's whether at the peak of their career or they're just starting out. Um, it was so encouraging even to see people that are students and what they're doing as students, the research they're doing and what they find interesting in economics was really um, inspiring. And it made me think that even these few um, women in economics, look at what they're doing. Imagine if there were so much more. It was so encouraging to see uh -huh. that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely yeah, agree. Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, uh, it, was, it was good because um, it, was, it was not just from one place it was not just a uh, female economist from London it was quite a bit of variety so I thought that was good sorry to interrupt you go on Veronica oh, absolutely no 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 problem yeah and no, I, I agree I like the diversity of it I also like the fact that we included people from like you know the I think Dr um, Rhonda was a researcher and then we had a student mm -hmm. or I think it was like someone who just finished school it was sort of a diverse um, range of people who just uh -huh. uh, come from different stages of their career um, and that was sort of inviting the, the audience a bit more because obviously everyone can relate to the different uh, speakers differently. So I thought that was really good. And then obviously what you just said Kathy, about the fact that they came from different parts of the world and it wasn't just yep. like, UK or skewed US. Yeah, uh -huh. I agree. 
I thought one of the interesting points that was actually raised was um, how did they feel about how, how as a black female economist in their department, specifically, you know, for the more experienced um, women in the career, how did they feel um, that them being there, they're kind of like the token or how much responsibility do they feel to be like a role model uh, for other female black economists? And I thought that was quite interesting as well because um, sometimes that is kind of thrust upon you. Uh, specifically, if you're, sometimes if you're black is, you know, you're kind of pigeonholed into doing things that are black related. If you're female, things doing, um, do things gender related. And I thought that was also quite interesting that sometimes you just want to exist just like other people are just existing and pursuing their interest. As a black female economist, you might just want to exist and um, explore your interests and not ne necessarily do something that is kind of pigeonholed into your identity. So I think I thought that was that was really interesting and it was good. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like just speaking from my own personal experience, when I first wanted to know, mm -hmm. I, I first knew that I wanted to become an economist. The only one person that I knew then was Lambisa Moyo. And I think if I had known in real life, I would have been like, you know, everything she says and does was basically like the the, the epi, epi of all things that I was following. And obviously she wrote the, the books, uh, Dead Aid and stuff, and some of them were controversial. Um, but I, I, and I think she swapped her sort of perspective later on and sort of wrote things which I didn't agree with. But there's that sort of pressure um, as someone who's like a, the only black, the only woman. Uh -huh. Writing about a certain certain thing that like they have to be pigeonholed into certain things, um, but I'm just glad there's more of them. I think that's where I probably stand. I'm just glad I'm seeing more of Black economists who are women who are doing amazing things. Um, whether or not we're feeling pressured, um, it's just good to see. Yeah. Uh, do you? Can I ask you, um, Veronica? I know you're a bit more experienced than me in the area. Do you feel a? Do you feel that pressure yourself? Sometimes to do things that are quite you know, it relates to your, to your, to your gender or to your race? Um, I, I haven't yet felt the pressure because I think I'm still, I'm still feeling a bit like, I, even though I look at my CV and I'm like, oh, wow, I've done a lot. Um, I still have what we're going to talk about a bit later, imposter syndrome, where I still feel mm -hmm. like still a long way that I need to go. So the, the, the people view me differently the way I view myself. So there, there isn't so much of a pressure, but there is a lot more pressure to talk about how to get into the sector I did. So um, because again, in my sector is not a lot of us. I do feel like I need to do something about, you know, creating some kind of mentorship program or something that would help someone who would want to be in the position I am, because it does um, need a bit of more of a structure or like it needs more support um, to bring in more black economists in the development sector. Um, so that's the only kind of semi-pressure I feel, but it's not quite the pressure that you would assume a lot of the higher economists um, would feel. Um, but yeah, I kind of brought another topic there. No, that's fine. I think, uh, I mean, related to the point that I was making, I know I, I would say it's 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 fine or it's interesting for people who are female economists that necessarily not necessarily pigeonholed into you know what they're um, doing. However, I do know that me as a black and African actually uh, descendant. I actually have an interest in developing economics just the way you do as well. Yeah. And and I know a lot of us actually do as well. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to be, um, yeah, obviously I don't want to be pigeonholed, but also a lot of us have interest into that because obviously yeah. we we have interest of 
to back home so yeah which makes sense I think that absolutely makes sense and even if it's not mm. like I would ex- I would assume my motivation to to go in economics and sort of work in development is probably similar to everyone else who's a black and African descendant um so that, yeah I think that's what I think that's what I'm like it's not a pressure it's more like a motivation because I know what mm. to start from yeah from where I wanted to be and then where I'm right now yeah. um I thought it'd yeah. be sorry guys before I thought it'd be a good idea to just quickly introduce the audience what we do before we continue the discussion so I wanted mm. to bring Emmanuel and tell us what you do and then Katia and then myself Okay, so um, my name is Emmanuel, guys. Um, I am a recent economics graduate. Um, I studied, actually, as we were talking, I studied development for my dissertation and foreign aid, the impact of foreign aid on development in Ghana in their healthcare and education sectors. So that is my um, interest. But as Veronica and Katia have discussed already, it's quite difficult to get into the development sector. So whilst looking for a job I have actually just secured a job as um, a consultant so I haven't started my graduate scheme yet but so yeah I'm quite still early on my career what about yourself Katia? Um, yeah I'm Katia nice to meet you listeners uh, virtual listeners um, yeah uh, I'm also quite early on in my career so I am an assistant economist uh, I have only recently started um I actually switched kind of careers. I did study economics at university, but I didn't really use it for a few years. And then now, uh, I think last year, I decided to actually put my degree to use and stop being a useless uh, child. <laughs> so um, now I am an economist, assistant economist, but um, I'm quite fairly new. So I'm very hopeful to move on in my career. And yeah, what about you, Veronica? Uh, thanks, Katia. Um, so yeah, I'm also an economist, um, as Katia mentioned been working as economist for about five years and I so I studied economics initially in my undergrad and then I did postgrad uh, development economics um, at that point knowing that I needed to get myself in the development sector the international development sector and then um, at the moment I'm working as a policy economist at the International Growth Center um, but I've, I've also done a few two years in the uh, ODI which is spelled out as Overseas Development Institute as a fellow um, in Rwanda and in Timor. And then previous to that, I had also worked in government, um, pretty much trying to figure out how to get into the government sector and then have hopefully, uh, sorry, um, successfully managed to get in. But yeah, so that's that's me. Uh, okay. I like this breadth of um, diversity of um, different experiences. <laughs> yeah at the women's event yeah we're presenting a similar diversity panel as the women's event. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. um so the next the next thing i wanted us to discuss um was similar again still sticking around on the event but just sort of picking out some of the topics that they brought up that were quite important to elaborate further so um we're sort of looking into this whole uh, idea of a role model and how uh, role model has played uh, a part in your career or in your um, in your sort of uh, job right now at the moment or previous jobs um, and then similar to that sort of just talk about imposter syndrome um, once we finish this topic uh, those are sort of the most two important topics that came out of the event um, so did Katia did you want to start off with just discussing what the idea of role model imposter syndrome has played in your career um, sure. Um, 
So, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm a bit controversial in, in in the idea of role model. So, um, in terms of economics, uh, I know there's a few um, black female economists, and they're quite accomplished. And I definitely, um, I definitely think that these these women are quite successful, quite accomplished. However, in the area of role models, I tend not to look at those type of women only because, and maybe it might be related to imposter syndrome, but I feel that that's quite far-fetched for me. <laughs> so I tend to look at more quote-unquote realistic women. So women in my life or women in, say, my organization that are a few steps ahead of me. And I think that allows me to have a much more again, realistic approach to where I want my career to be. And if I find, um, I mean, unfortunately, I started I started my work um, during lockdown, so I haven't physically seen, um, I haven't actually physically been in my office, so I don't actually have an inclination of the diversity there. Although during, you know, virtual meetings, there isn't much diversity at all. And when there is diversity, it's mainly Asian. So I haven't seen many female Black economists in my organisations yet. Yeah. Um, however, I think seeing someone um, within that space in my organization or someone that's a few steps ahead of me, I think that for me is a much more realistic role model because I see myself in them, specifically if they have my background, specifically if they maybe they went to um, uni or school around me, it feels a bit more relatable to me. Whereas someone like Ngozi um, Okonjo-Iwala, which she's definitely very uh, successful, she's Nigerian like me, mm-hmm. and I definitely think... Yeah, she's a great role model and people should definitely look up to her. But to me, that feels a bit far-fetched to me. And again, whether that's imposter syndrome or not, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I, do have, I do have a tendency to look a bit more um, role models that are a bit more closer to, to me, to my vicinity. That's, that's interesting. And I think it's really important that you like express that because I think a role model is a role model regardless of what position they're in. And... Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it is depending on what works for you as well. And I think I think what you've done is when you can see someone who is closer to you, at least in a few years' steps, it can give you a bit more of like a plan or a path where you're like, oh, okay, in like three years, I can do ABC what they did and then I'll get Yeah. There. Whereas if you look at Ngozi, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> first of all, it's decades. And then how do I... <laughs> I'm never going to be a director general. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never say never, but I totally understand how, that, how your brain would work that way. And I think it's actually yeah. a pretty good way of like taking baby steps um, in, in a form of role model. And I think it's something that works uh, for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, Emanuela, or, oh, sorry, Manuel even. I keep calling Emanuela. Um, sorry. What, uh, <laughs> what role models um, have played a role in your life and sort of how does that relate to yeah your day your day-to-day and yeah take the floor to be fair I think I'm similar to Katia so maybe Katia you're not so controversial but um for me I, I think you know what maybe it's a bit of both so for me I think like you said Veronica earlier like when I first got into economics only black female I knew was Denby Samoya because of her book and kind of read that book and and for yeah, development economics, this is what I want to do. And then maybe throughout um, my studies, just going to maybe like insight days, just understanding more about economics. I kind of 
um, reading more in fact I just kind of saw more black female economists and kind of looked to them but um, maybe didn't see them as a role model but just saw okay this is possible more than anything mm. and then um, I in terms of people that I actually see as role models that I look to and think okay how, how can I kind of navigate in a way that's similar to them so that I can be where I want to be I think it's the same I think it's more people that are local to me like I said so people that I've either reached out to on LinkedIn that might be in a position that I would like to be or not necessarily always economists to be fair but maybe just um black um women who are in the professional the corporate industry in general just to mm. kind of understand because to be fair there's not that many black <laughs> female economists in the UK <laughs> anywhere yeah. and yeah since joining T-Ben like I've met so many more but before T-Ben to me they were all hidden <laughs> me barely anyone so especially even in my university um in my class I was only black female yeah so it was hard to relate to many people so I just thought you know what if I can't find them exactly what I want let me find similar so that's where I landed with um women who are in the corporate world who are black females and to be fair that has helped me a lot and I to an extent that's even helped me get from the last year of my degree and um finding a job role because I've been able to like ask these women for advice Mm -hmm. and kind of see where they are and how they started and some of them maybe did start in economics as in they studied it at university but um they went on to do other uh, roles uh, Mm -hmm. so I think that has definitely helped me in terms of looking for local people but still seeing people like Dr Ngozi and seeing okay this is possible but Mm. maybe like you said baby steps Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) No, I think I think I agree. But I agree with you both, and I also have a similar way of sort of looking at things. But I, I think that only started when the likes of LinkedIn came in. Before that, I also kind of lived in this bubble where the only exposure I had to Black economists were the likes of Davisa Moyo, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then it was just like in my in my university, in my first job, my second job, I was always the the only Black female economist, um, mm-hmm. sometimes the only Black person there. Um, so I think. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn really has helped particularly for me anyway in sort of just visualizing oh okay they do exist even if they're not in UK or not in Cardiff or whatever I was at the time um and then um as I got older I also was able to sort of plan out my career because I saw someone else do the same or uh, LinkedIn so I didn't have to even message them I could just stalk them on their, <laughs> on their career so I'm just like oh could they join that organization that so that's what I need to do <laughs> Um, so yeah I think the internet helped a lot and I think even the like of the Black Economist Network coming up because of Mm. the the internet being such a good place to network Mm -hmm. this sort of exposure to how other models can exist Mm, yeah I think um, sorry before (laughs) before we move on um, I was going to say when you guys mentioned being the only black person in your universe or in your course rather I never actually thought about it but I just realized there were I think there was just three of us in a whole lecture hall and I just realized now but I never actually put any notice into it because I'm kind of used to being in in that type of space from maybe the only black uh but that was that's an interesting observation that I actually never picked up on that but looking back I was there was only three of us 
in the whole lecture hall. So yeah. that was quite interesting. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that. That's like the first thing I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think I just normally just navigate those spaces anyway. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it, it's kind of like my reality. Mm. So it's not, it's not something I'm like, oh, this, if, if I entered a room and there was a lot of black people, I'd be like, wow, there's so many people who look like me. That, that's weirdly what would get me noticing yeah. rather than the other way yeah, around because that's more my reality, which yeah. is weird. But yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Can I quickly ask Katya, where did you grow up? It also depends on where, where you <laughs> Well, I grew up um, for a, a large uh, part of my um, formative years. I grew up in Rome. So that was very, 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 very white. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved to London. Yeah. And then so, yeah, that was... <laughs> and then, I mean, I guess when I moved to London, it was a bit more diverse, obviously. But I already had that training, if you could yeah. say, of being in a very predominantly white space. So that doesn't come to me as a shock. It will come to me as a shock if I entered a room and it was very diverse. That's when I'll be like, oh, my God, this, my people are here. Yeah. That's what would shock me more. Yeah. So that's yeah. so weird. Yeah. I think, it, to be fair, I, I didn't notice it straight away. I only noticed it maybe near the end of my first year when, you know, we we're trying to do economic um, socials and... I realized what they class of socializing wasn't the same as <laughs> and that's when I realized oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah I'm the same with Katia only that it's not Rome it wasn't as bad as Rome but I grew up in Cardiff so <laughs> it was it was hardly any black people and I, I think I had three black people in my course undergrad and then mm. when I moved to Sussex which again is not exactly the, the biggest black like space but there was mm. definitely way more than I, exp I was exposed to in, in Cardiff and I was just like oh my god that's when I started noticing like oh wow um, my people <laughs> what do I do <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah that's super interesting um so I want to play uh, a bit more of a emphasis on the idea of imposter syndrome and just sort of if you guys um are happy to give examples or like um yeah sort of uh, real life examples of how you've how you've experienced imp imposter syndrome or if you've noticed you have it or yeah, just sort of what it means to you guys um, um sure I think yeah imposter syndrome is I think yeah something that we all experience to some extent um I'm not sure I'm not sure how uh, I'm not sure there's something I could specifically pick up on but I would say for example when you're in in your role and you feel perhaps a bit less inadequate I would say that's the word I would use you feel inadequate so sometimes you feel like okay both of us got this role both of us started at the same time but I feel like maybe I'm lagging behind maybe you're this, this other person's better than me and I think that's one of the things is just comparison in it so people are different but it's also you might you might just have different ways of learning, different ways of processing things, different ways of um, utilizing your skills. So I don't think, I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of them terrible ones that you just keep doubting yourself, but it's, it's not necessarily that you're doing a terrible job. It's just yeah. people are different. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, there isn't anything specific I can pick up on. I think it's just a, a normal state of being for me. <laughs> yeah. Am I am I actually doing anything in this actual role? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to that. Um, Manuel, 
Yeah, I, I would say I feel like I get imposter syndrome like on a daily basis when whenever I'm in those kind of spaces where, you know, it's there's no one that looks like me. I think I would get imposter syndrome, but I'm very much a fake it till you make it person. So people around me would not be aware that um, I'm feeling maybe a bit, yeah. I have a bit of lack of confidence or anything. Yeah. So I would say things like internships and insight days, definitely I have a lot of um, imposter syndrome. Even, to be fair, even when it's maybe more black focused, if it's an insight day for maybe like um, a Bayon program or anything, uh, um, a company or anything, I think mm. I still feel some imposter syndrome. So there's also that, not just um, not just when I'm with maybe people that don't look like me, but even when I am with people that that, that do look like me and I've applied mm. for the for the inside day or the internship and you know I've earned my space. It is still mm. that element of imposter syndrome. But I think also, especially with inside days as, or internships, as the days go by and like you actually start doing work and you see that your work is well received. For me personally, I'm able mm. to kind of overcome that just kind of mm. by seeing that my my work is speaking for yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. So I just to touch on that, um, I think that's a good point that you made. So if you're doing work, it's a good idea to kind of keep a list of your achievements, no matter how small. And then you can go back to them and say, oh, actually, this is this is good work I'm doing. Or if you get any small praises, someone just said, oh, good spot. Oh, great email. You know, just small things. It's good to like um, make note of those even if it's like on the spreadsheet or something, and then you can look back on it and see that you actually are providing value. So that's a good way to kind of um, el- try to eliminate that imposter syndrome. So true, so true. Even I always think back to my first internship in um, in sixth form, and I remember speak. there was like a grad and she was kind of managing the team. And I remember just, we had a black presentation to some like, uh, some more senior um, analysts. And I just remember, the whole way on the walk to the presentation across the building I was just telling the grad how scared I was and then after, they were like oh, they even told said that they really enjoyed your presentation Emmanuel and the way you answered the question I was like what I was shaking <laughs> like my voice was shaking and I always remember that moment when I think yeah like like I had to write things down like when I think okay no I'm nervous about this job interview I'm nervous about this thing like nine times mm. out of ten you make it through at least so yeah. Mm, 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 <laughs> yeah. you get through it yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so from both both what you've uh, shared, I would absolutely I could actually relate. Um, I've definitely had imposter syndrome where I'm I'm comparing myself to others um, on a day to day, just sort of looking at my role and be like, oh, have I done this? But they've done that, and is it really like comparable? I've I've had it when um, I get a new challenge. I'm like, oh, they're gonna find out that I'm actually a fault, like a complete um, <laughs> and I can't do it, or like you know, particularly like example is now like I'm doing a, a project that involves using Tableau and I've never used Tableau my entire life and I had to learn it and I was just like oh my god they're gonna figure out that I'm a complete like it still happens and that's what I'm sort of saying like even though um on paper I can see that I've done a lot of work and I've done a lot of different experiences and I've definitely I'm definitely something what we call mid-level um it's just strange that sometimes passenger can break you can bring you back down you're like actually I feel like I've just started and I I haven't done anything at all um, but like you said, Emanuela, fake it till you make it has been my best friend. Because um, mm-hmm. I like deep down, I know my I know I have the ability to do the things that I have done. It's just now and again, you get, you know, that silly voice that tells you 
things that are not true. Um, so just sort of faking it to make it, particularly in presentations, as always, as always sort of helped and got me through somehow. <laughs> um, but I think it's something that you obviously overcome, or at least some of it as you as you get more experience. I definitely have less imposter syndrome now than I did uh, like say three years ago, because because it's true. So like you said, Katya, it's good to have the list of um, things you can say you ticked off on a day, but even over the years, like you can just you just look at your CV and be like, why are you so down? Why are you so hard on yourself? It's okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and then just to like finish up from my side, um, one thing that has really bothered me on imposter syndrome is the fact that um, a lot of the people around my career, like my sector um, or my colleagues particularly, um, are all sort of Oxbridge um, level, which is which is fine because we're all in one job, but like you can't always help. Oh, I had gone to Sussex and Cardiff Metropolitan. My, meanwhile, these guys are only Oxbridge throughout, um, some with PhDs. <laughs> so yeah, that also has um, has had a bit of an effect, but at the end of the day, you mm -hmm. all be in the same in the same position. But it's, it's weird because that should make you feel like, hey, you have more qualifications and I have less, but Exactly. we're still here yeah. <laughs> both that's of us are here exactly. you'd be like you did all that i did this and we're still in the same place. you did all that yeah. work and we're the yeah. same place <laughs> exactly. but for some yeah. reason sometimes it just keeps up like oh my god they're oxford have they got more training than you have have they got quicker reading than you have i don't know what <laughs> yeah it's um but it's something you get over all slowly and uh -huh. sure yeah um, so I don't know if you guys had anything else more to add on on this side of the topic before we we add another another discussion point. I think um, just in terms of the the roles and the mentoring, I I would say, and I think they said this in the Women's Day event that um, it's not necessarily like I said to always get like a mentor that's a black female economist that went to the same. Um, Russell group uni as you're the same kind of uni as yourself like sometimes it's good to have like different mentors I remember um one of the speakers was saying this in the event to have some of some mentors for different parts of your okay. career or different parts of your life even or for when you're looking to do some research or when, when you're looking into development then you know you have one mentor and then for like just career progression in general have another mentor so I think that's also important to consider when you're looking at mentors like what parts of different people that you look up to can you yeah. kind of draw from yeah I absolutely agree actually they I think they advise you to have like a, a mentor like if it's one mentor you have them for one year and then mm. you whether it's worth continuing just because things can change so much and yeah you do have, uh. you have diverse um, input and diverse ways of looking at things um, most of my mentors I've been I think I've only had one black mentor surprisingly a lot of them being white and being male which is very strange um, but useful it's been so useful <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. Oh, well, we I also had one mentor I've been slacking on the mental side so yeah I don't really um, do that as much but it's definitely something I'm going to do but yeah the mentor I had um, was white male um, in his middle age <laughs> so it's very stereotypical and I was you know a young black woman so opposite side of the spectrum but yeah it was quite useful he was quite yeah he was very very good and he understood like the challenges that you know as a young person as a black woman and as a um, yeah, woman I could face so yeah it's it's, it's, it's it's true that it's important to have someone who looks like you but also so other people might provide 
very useful and, and insightful help. So go out there and, you know, look for who, who's going to benefit you. <laughs> and if you are looking for some um, economists who are mentors, stay tuned for um, T Ben's mentoring program that will be coming soon this year. So definitely. Little plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slip there. <laughs> That's a good shout out. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. Okay. Um, so Dr. Ngozi, Dr. Ngozi, Dr. Ngozi. Yeah, she's um, she, Dr. Ngozi Okonjo Iwo-Alawa. I said, I hope I said that correctly. She is a Nigerian-American economist, um, recently became the Director General of WTO, the World Trade Organization. She's also been like the first African, first woman in other things, such as like boards in Standard Chartered Bank, Twitter, Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization, and African Risk Capacity. She's done a lot. Um, and she's also been a World Bank economist. She's been a Minister of Finance in Nigeria. She's also been a Minister of Foreign Affairs. She's just been kicking it since she was like, yeah, since she started. She's also a mother of four kids and a wife. Um, so she's probably what most of us would say as is the, like, the top of the top when it comes to like, I guess I would say role models, but someone to look up to. Um, she's really achieved a lot for her for herself and she's really made history um so I just wanted to get some views from you guys in terms of just sort of yeah what what she what role she plays in your life if she does play a role at all and yeah just giving some give some insights Katia yeah um oh, oh go on Katia so polite okay yeah, yeah let me go um yeah I was gonna say um yeah, it just reinforces, as you were listing her accomplishment, it just reinforces what I was saying before. Can I even hold a candle to this woman? <laughs> She's so accomplished. So I think um, as a role model, again, as a Nigerian, um, definitely a role model. And, you know, as a Nigerian, your your relatives are going to compare. <laughs> you know, you're doing economics, she does economics. I had a call from my That's uncle like a few funny. weeks ago. She, he was like... So you're going to be, you know, you're going to be like Ngozi Okonjo-Iwala next. I was like, um, I literally only started my role a few months ago. I don't think, um, I don't think I'm going to be doing what she's doing. But yeah, it's always a source of comparison in a good way. You know, they want you to aspire to what this woman who comes from where you're coming from, you know, that's what she's doing. That's what you could also do. So I think, yes, yeah, definitely a source of inspiration, specifically to know that someone who looks like you um, is in these spaces so it's a possibility um, whether you want to work in a world bank or not you know that that's a, something that can be achievable uh, so I definitely think uh, she's inspirational for everyone uh, for people who are you know women people who are black people who are African people who are Nigerian so there's a lot of uh, uh, inter, inter yeah a lot of different people who can be uh, definitely inspired by us. She's a great woman. Um, let's see how much I achieve uh, to be comfortable <laughs> to her in a few years to come. But for now, I'll just I'll just see her as someone who I should um, I should keep hearing my uncle comparing me to. And yeah, I'll, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. But you know, you never know. <laughs> Watch this space, guys. Watch this. Watch this space, of course. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think she is definitely someone to just even even just see like what is possible like I was never looking at the previous WTO um director general before Ngozi oh. so just to have her there I think it just highlights the role more um I 
I am interested in, like I do read up on trades sometimes and I am interested in it and I think it's quite um, a big space right now especially particularly mm-hmm. in Africa with the Africa free trade agreement yeah. so I think um, it's it's nice to have a leader of world trade as an African because I feel like pers- oh, this is a personal opinion so don't you know my, my words but I do feel like a lot of trade can be done in Africa and like not with, just within but from um externally to and exports to yeah. so I do think that having her at the forefront of it personally I think it makes sense but maybe that's just an opinion and and just having her as a, like you guys said as in general just have her as someone that you can see is at the top of her e- um, her game in economics and you know she's been accomplished this is not like a by chance thing like she's worked hard to get there so I think that's also encouraging and I I, I would like to have a conversation with her to know whether she has imposter syndrome at this level yeah, that would be an interesting yeah, conversation yeah. because to us you would think you know she's at the like mm. Veronica said right at the top but it'd be and she's been so well accomplished but whether she has it especially as the first African also right mm. not just the first woman but the first African so this this is huge for her I'm sure and huge for everyone else and every other economist not just female but black really yeah I agree mm. I would also like to have a conversation with her to see if that syndrome still exists at that level <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I think that she's um, she is kind of high to to aim for. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, she's more of an inspiration that than a role model. Like, I just see her as, um, yeah, like you know, that's possible for anyone who ever wants to do it. Even if I one day wake up and want to become a director general, I now can think of it as a realistic dream. Mm. Um, I I think I've like I mentioned before we recorded. For me, it was more just like how she seems at least from the from the perspective of of where I'm standing from a well-balanced woman I mean I'm sure she's really busy and she has no time with family but from what she's what you've seen she's also a married woman she's also got kids so the idea that um a lot of women aren't able to get into leadership roles and to see like that level of CEO you know director levels um because they chose family is completely brushed away when you look at Dr Ngozi because she does have that and she has Mm. Our husband has also achieved great stuff um and that's always and her children yeah, and her children too yeah so that's been low-key like one of my biggest worries as like someone who's like ambitious I've always thought like maybe one day I have to just give up the idea of having a family or if I do if I do want to have a family then I have to just give up the idea of becoming this successful well-known economist or contributing to something so just having a Dr Ngozi um being both African black woman and just you know having it all is just sort of hopeful for people like us um and I think that's yeah that's really what I had to say when I when I saw her post and it was just funny how political it was initially when she was gonna run gonna run for the post because pretty much everyone accepted apart from the U.S. um aka Trump um and I was like just this this the whole thing of how like the way it happened it was just such a hard it was challenging for her and then she finally made it and I just felt like she really deserved it um yeah so I would also really want to know if she still has moments of am I supposed to be here when she's like a director of WTO <laughs> definitely definitely even the way she wears her traditional garments I I'm like, yeah I love it 
I think so she happy every time I see her. Intentionally, she's like, because yeah. she, I think she mentioned in an interview before, she was like, oh, I know people judge women based on their clothing. So I just em- eliminate that completely by just making sure my uniform is on. And I was like, that's so clever. Because no one really I love it. her uniform. <laughs> Honestly, while the guys are just wearing their suits, why not wear your <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah. Must say. <laughs> yeah, but she's um she's truly inspiration. And I just hope we have more, more Africans, particularly more African women, um, taking up leadership roles, especially with like just you know bringing it in there. Tanzania has come third um, when it comes to having female president. So yeah, we got to keep it up, guys. Africans, we're gonna we're gonna call them more and bring them into leadership roles. Very definitely, and she's and she's helping to co-lead the Covax program in Nigeria, right? Too. So I, I hadn't heard of that. But that sounds amazing. Yeah, I heard that she was she was like particularly involved with like the rollout of Kovacs. So um, mm. if that is the case, I think it's really like nice that she, to see that she's not just like moving mm. on. I know she she definitely used to be part of the program before she was WTO. So now that she's moved on to WTO, it's nice to see that she you know she's yeah. still looking out for Nigerians and kind of leading them to like a I guess a vaccinated country. Mm-hmm. That's important to you to see. Yeah, it's really, really good. At her level. It's really, really good. She hasn't forgotten where she's from. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I think if anyone has any fi- lo- last final comments. Um, I would just say, yeah, it's, I, I guess I'd just say just hopeful. It's seemingly hopeful now that we are becoming more recognized as a network and having people like Ngozi just, you know, makes it a bit, uh brings more spotlight to us as black economists and what we do and what um how important we are in terms of contributing to the to the to the study of economics so it's just more as more years come it's looking more hopeful for us to sort of become um a bit more recognized yeah i agree i think having people like her you know um shows that there are possibilities out there and sometimes they actually um open up um uh, sometimes that you you don't know about these organizations that are out there but having someone that looks like you actually makes you realize that there's so many avenues that you can go into and you know I also think you know organizations such as Stephen is quite good so you can actually have people who look like you and might be a lot close to you that you can inspire and be inspired from. Yes definitely I, I, I've met so many like black female economists since being in Tiburn that are just based yeah. even in the UK and I'm just like wow there's yeah. a lot of us and this yeah. is a small island so I'm considering <laughs> so I'm sure people even listening there's so many of them out there like across the globe that you know a black female economist or just studying or even just interested in the subject and you know I think our role as economists as we all three of us probably know is quite important in like society so mm. just the us um, not necessarily always having to research on race and um, gender topics in particular, but just different things that affect society as a whole is going to make it better for us as Black females and Black economists in general and Black citizens. So, um, yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening to the T-Ben pod. If you want us to discuss anything else, anything economics-related, Economics 101, going through some... Um, economic topics for you or some 
topics that um, impact the African and Black community, then let us know. Um, hashtag TBenPod on social media and follow us at the Black Econ underscore on social media also. And thank you from all of us today, Katia. Thank you. Veronica, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.